بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Allah tells us in Surah Yusuf وَفَوْقَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ And above anyone who has knowledge there is one with more knowledge of course uh, ultimately going back to Allah Azza wa Jal العليم the, the all-knowing the most knowledgeable in uh, also in Surah Yusuf we find this is towards the end of the surah uh, towards the end of the story Although this is the height of the power of Prophet Yusuf salam, you find this, the, this beautiful presence of complete humility in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. And you find this contained within this beautiful dua at the beginning of it. You find him giving complete credit to Allah Azza wa Jal for any and every blessing that he has. When you look at the, the nuances of the wording found within this ayah, it's it's really incredible, subhanAllah, and you see how layered it is. If we just look at this part, you find complete humility of Prophet Yusuf in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. So he, he says, So he says, My Lord, there's no doubt that you are the one who has given me some kingdom. So even then, look at his perspective. He's not looking at things in a way where he's claiming to have, you know, this huge, massive, amazing kingdom and look at all this power that I have. And he's saying, Ya Allah, you've given me some kingdom. You've given me like this little slice of this thing called kingdom. So he's recognizing that in the grand scheme of things, Allah is al-Malik, Allah is the king. And he's, he's saying, Ya Allah, you're the one who you've given me. Now think of how much power he had, the access that he had, the control that he had, the authority that he had, how loved and respected he was in the land, how much he was thoroughly trusted. After he mentioned his story to the king, you find the king saying, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep you right here with me, right? I'm going to keep you close to me. And then you find Prophet Yusuf saying, you know, can you put me, can you appoint me in this like very, very, it's not just that it's an important position, it's also that there's an extreme amount of pressure and responsibility in connection with that position, especially when you look at the story and, you know, saving the country. And so it, think of the, in the mind of the king, how do I know that I can trust him? Well, he already proved it with the story of protecting himself, maintaining his chastity when, when he was the one who was approached by the wife of Al-Aziz and then she ended up testifying to his innocence and his truthfulness. The other women did the same. What did the man say when he came to Prophet Yusuf who several years prior, he was one of the two men, one of the two men who entered, uh, two young men who entered jail along with Prophet Yusuf at the same exact time and both of them came to him and they mentioned that we had these dreams, can you please interpret them for us? One out of the two, so 50%, the interpretation was that you're basically, you're about to die. I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you, but the interpretation of your dream is this. And then for the other one, you're going to press grapes for the king, mention me to him. But then shaitan made that man forget the mentioning of Prophet Yusuf to the king. That one man years later, subhanAllah, the, the, the pivot for the whole story is when this one king has this one dream. And then he mentions it to his advisors and all of them, they responded saying, like, we, we can't help you with this. But then this one man from several years prior said, I know someone who can help with this. How does he address Prophet Yusuf when he comes to him who's still in jail? Instead of coming to him and saying, I am so sorry that I forgot 
to mention your name to the king. Instead, he's only looking at it from what he wanted at that time. He wanted to be the connect. He wanted to be the plug, so to speak, for the king with Prophet Yusuf to be the one to connect the two so he can interpret the dream. So he was looking at it only from his perspective. But he goes to Prophet Yusuf and he starts with flattering him. Now you find him, how is he addressing him? Yusuf ayyuha siddiq. I mean, kids do this all the time when they want this from their parents. Mama, Baba, you guys are the best parents ever. I love you so much. Baba, you're the most handsome man ever. Mama, you're the prettiest lady alive. How are they going to respond? They're going to say, what do you want? <laughs> right? They're gonna, they can see right through. Why are you flattering me? This is out of the ordinary. He goes to him, Yusuf ayyuha siddiq. Please interpret this for us. And graciously, Prophet Yusuf salam, he does interpret the dream. So eventually, that you know, there's this huge change of events. Up until that dream happened, everything got worse and worse and worse. The king has the dream, and then it's interpreted, and things they got better from there. So this is like at the end of the story when everything is gravy by this point. Prophet Yusuf although he's at the height of his power, and things have been patched up internally within his own immediate nuclear family. So by this point, things are pretty smooth. Things are are going okay you find him having complete and utter humility. Ya Allah, you are the one, you've given me this, this tiny grain of kingdom. Rabbi qad min al-mulk. And there's no doubt, you're the one who gave it to me in the first place. I'm not even taking credit for this because I was really good at interpreting dreams. He mentions that immediately afterwards because what swung the chain of events, he interpreted that one dream for that one person who happened to be the king. So you find him, Prophet Yusuf first he says that you are the one, Ya Allah, you've given me a little bit of kingdom. And then what does he say after that? What was it, what was the main catalyst that took him from being stuck in jail for several years? One opinion is seven years as an innocent man for a crime he never committed. He was in jail because he was innocent, ironically, subhanAllah. He goes from that to now he's in this amazing situation. What was it that swung his situation from really bad to really good? Interpreting that dream. So he says, Ya Allah, you're the one you've given me a little bit of kingdom. And you're the one who taught me how to interpret dreams in the first place. So he's not forgetting where he came from. And you're the one who taught me how to, you know, the skill of dream interpretation. You find complete humility. So what, what's the, 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 the moral of the story? What's the essence of this brief reminder for myself first and foremost? That even if, even if doors are opening and even if someone has this amazing, you know, opportunity, situation, position, opening, whatever it is, to remember that it's from Allah and to thank Allah for that opening. Prophet Yusuf, he didn't forget Allah, and he didn't forget Allah was the one who gave him the knowledge that he had in the first place. We ask Allah to make us from among the grateful. We ask Allah to gather all of us in Firdaus. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wan. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.